Welcome everyone to Storytelling Podcast Week and our second session of the day and the week, the stories we wish we didn't have to tell with Jackie Danzinger and Keegan Zima from Lemonada's Last Day and Tawny Plattis from Death is Hilarious. For those of you who may be joining us for the first time, Storytelling Podcast Week is a week of live stream sessions like this one with narrative nonfiction podcasters, audio dramas, and fiction podcasters from around our world and our imaginations. If you have a chance, check out the recorded episode showcase featuring some exclusive and favorite episodes on the Storytelling Podcast Week channel from many of the podcasters participating, including both of the shows we're talking about on this panel. You can also replay any of the live streams from the week on the Storytelling Podcast Week podcast channel. So make sure to download the Podbean app and follow the Storytelling Podcast Week channel to receive notifications in real time about all of the live streams and specially released episodes of the week. Storytelling Podcast Week is brought to you by Podbean. We're a podcast hosting and monetizing platform and home to over 500,000 podcasts. And as you're joining us for this session, you can see we also offer the ability to live stream directly from the app to your audience with Podbean Live, where podcasts come to life. For everyone listening, you can also start your own live stream for free on Podbean. And to get your first 30 days of hosting for free, use the code STORY. And now we'll hand it off to our host of this panel, Shannon Martin, our Director of Communications here at Podbean. Thank you. I'm really looking forward to hearing from this excellent panel of storytellers and creators. Uh, this is uh, There's a lot of really useful insights I think we're going to gain. So let's jump right in if everybody's ready. Uh, I'd like if the panelists, if you could please introduce yourself and the, uh, the show that you're working on. Uh, and a little bit about your role in the show and, and um, what the podcast is about. Thank you. Great. I can start. Um, my name is Jackie Danziger. I'm the supervising producer for Last Day, which is a podcast with Lemonada Media. And the show really came out of a, a tragic experience, which is that our host lost her brother, Harris Whittles, to a heroin overdose. Our executive producer, Jessica Cordova-Kramer lost her brother to a fentanyl overdose. And the two of them wanted to create this show as an opportunity to share their stories and to zoom into their last day of life, to then zoom out and ask, what could we have done that would have been different? And that was really the beginning of our show. So season one was all about the opioid crisis. Season two was about the rising rate of suicide. Um, and my role in the process is I'm there to oversee the narrative. We are talking to lots of people, we're doing booking, we're going out and really shaping the overall storytelling approach to the season overall and then each individual episode. So yeah, that's my role. Thank you, uh, Keegan. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I was just gonna say, I'll piggyback <laughs> off that because me and Jackie are on the same podcast, but yeah, we started together on season one of Last Day. Um, I've been the tech director on that show since it started um, and, you know, have been here to uh, help facilitate all of the the tech side of the storytelling and trying to get everything right and really integrate that seamlessly into the ways that, you know, these really emotionally charged um, narratives come together. And uh, I really love working with Jackie and Stephanie and everyone else is on our team and I'm excited to be here. Thanks so much. Thank you. And Tawny. Hi. <clears throat> Ooh, excuse me. Um, 
I am the creator of the podcast Death is Hilarious, um, which came about after my husband passed away. We had a comedy show together and I started making jokes to cope about it immediately, thought there was something real wrong with me. So I started Googling and found that a lot of comedians actually use that dark humor and comedy to cope with tragic loss, trauma, what have you. And I noticed that not a lot of people were talking about it, though, and it was something I was using to cope, and that's how my show came about. So uh, thanks for having me. I'm also very excited to be here. Thank you. Um, so in listening to your shows, uh, you all bring a lot of humanity, um, acceptance, um, a little bit of levity sometimes uh, to these difficult topics. Um, and how do you each keep things in perspective and balanced, you know, both on the shows uh, and in the production process, and then also taking that over into your lives and feel free, whoever wants to jump in. So I will say for the last day team, um, you know, we're all just regular people and we like to make each other laugh. And, you know, our host Stephanie is incredibly funny and it's, it's, hard because we're talking about these really intense topics. But the truth is, when you talk to people who've gone through terrible things, I think Tawny was just saying this, everyone has a sense of humor and a sense of perspective on it. And it's hard to be sad 100% of the time, even when you're talking about something as serious as opioid overdoses and suicide. Um, and I know I, I shared one of my own stories, my own um, history with self-harm in our second season, which sounds so serious. And yet we found all of these opportunities to look at it from the point of view of like, well, what's scary about sharing this story? It's talking about what it was like being an emotional teenage girl. There's a lot of sadness there, but there's also a lot of things to look back on and sort of have a sense of humor about yourself and what you've been through. Um, and I think having our team all love and support each other so much was really helpful so that every time we're tackling these big, scary topics, we're also looking at ways to see it from different perspectives. I don't know that I balance it very well. <laughs> I, I'd like to think that my comedy is kind of like my, my outlet. That's kind of where all of that goes. And then I can be a little bit more balanced in actual life. But um, I, it's, it's kind of nice because I feel that I've connected with a lot of people and a lot of people who feel very on the outside using humor and comedy to cope with, you know, loss, tragedy, things in, in that realm. But um, yeah, I, 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 I try to have that, that balance <laughs> and kind of be able to read my audience because I find that it's not something that's very popular in uh, American culture, I, I have a very 50, 50 split. I've found like people who are like, Oh my God, I, I love what you're doing. Nobody else gets it. This is the first time I've ever felt seen. And then people going like, you're exploiting your husband's death, making jokes about this and talking about it. You need to be quiet. Wow. And how have you dealt with, that's another piece of balance, I guess. How have you dealt with the, those kind of reactions? So much therapy, just so much therapy. <laughs> um, I I have I try to talk to mentors. I try to talk to other people about it a lot. Therapists. I'm like, am I wrong? Because I'd like to think I'm not so narcissistic and arrogant as to just get defensive. I always like wonder. I'm like, wait, am I being exploitative? But um, 
that that's been i think the thing that i've i've really leaned on is actually being reflective on it and going to other people and asking them like am i doing anything problematic is this a problem and i found that it's it's just one of those things that is not a big part of culture here but there's been a lot of studies that have shown that dark humor is a very healthy and legitimate way to cope with trauma and loss. And Tani, you've, you do some shows reflecting and then you also have guests. And is that, uh, is that something that sort of evolved from making those connections or how, how has that been kind of incorporated into your stories? Yeah, I think a lot of that actually came down to I am not that great of a comedian to where I can have new material once a week that's like 45 minutes long. And really just also the need to show people like, hey, it's not just some crazy lady up here spouting off a bunch of nonsense. I have psychologists who are also um, content creators who have that dark humor, who use humor to talk about that. And then other people like comedians who are using that humor. And it's kind of a way to showcase and share. It's not weird. You're not alone. It's perfectly healthy. It's perfectly normal. So it was something I wanted to share my my own content and then also kind of have that backup, I guess. <laughs> like, it's not that weird. Yeah, thank you. That's great. And I, I wonder, um, also, Keegan, I guess you've worked a lot on the design and that piece. So I was thinking and look and looking at kind of how you all are sharing this content and talking about these difficult topics. Um, that also is a piece of it, how you guys have come together with, um, you know, putting it out there and, and what you've added been able to add to it. Is there anything that you want to share on? Um, I mean, I think that you know, when we're approaching these things, you know, we always have that double mind of we want to, you know, really when we're asking this question of what could we have done different, you know, obviously it was very on the nose with the first season of, you know, Stephanie really was really interested in answering this question. So it could have helped her family. And at the end of the day, I think we want to just help other people who are hopefully tuning into our stuff. So I think that that like is guiding a lot of the work we do but again it's like i feel like there's there's a level of connection that you can get and people are going to want to keep listening if you're going to be able to also entertain them and not just have it be a downer and be sad for 45 minutes and you know all of that stuff so i think all of it all of the decisions that we make from the content side and from the tech side all kind of feed into that attitude of you know there's a reason we try to make it sound beautiful and be engaging because we want people to take in the content and hopefully learn something and walk away from it, you know, and that, and that's one of the things that's kept me wanting to work on this show is that, you know, it's, I've learned so much in my life and been able to take it back to, to situations in my life and, and apply it and stuff like that. So yeah, I think all those conversations are always working in tandem with the whole team. I want to just mention something about Keegan's work on our show um, from a technical standpoint, which is that, you know, he works closely with our the uh, person who composes all of our music, Hannes. And one of the things that's important is that we're not just creating a music library that's sad music for a sad show. So I think Keegan does a really great job of making sure that we have enough of an eclectic library so that 
we can make unexpected choices with our sound, with the music, so that you're saving those moments up that you want to be really tender and heartbreaking, but that you're not always going for the obvious choice when it comes to the sound design for our show. Yeah, and that we're not also beating people over the head with it or, you know, trying to exploit the people's stories who we're trying to highlight and tell, too. So those are always always concerns when it comes to the music and sound design and stuff like that. Thank you. Yeah, it sounds like it's a lot of thoughtful uh, thought that goes behind uh, how you all are uh, sharing these stories. Uh, so speaking of which, my next question was, uh, with addressing death and the op opioid crisis, mental health, um, these are things that are confronting for many people. Um, so you, you each touched upon a little bit that there are often things that are topics that are avoided. I was wondering if anybody has thoughts on you know, why we avoid them and also the role that these stories and maybe particularly podcasting can play in sort of potentially changing that narrative. I think there's a lot of just fear that goes along with that kind of stuff. And you think that if you talk about it, it's going to happen. That's something I've noticed about uh, Western culture, I guess American culture in particular, is there's kind of this mindset, if you don't talk about it, it won't happen. You know, if you talk about it, you're going to bring it about. It's going to become a reality. And we also, you know, we have kind of that history here. We're, you know, kind of country that we are, we don't want to exhibit anything except positivity, you know, and you, you may see that in a lot of media, you know, good vibes only, you know, on, on social media too, good vibes only, be positive, just be positive. We apologize when we cry, we apologize when we show emotion. And I, I think that it just comes down to fear. People don't want to talk about it. It's scary, so they just don't want to think about it. And then when you do that, you're not prepared at all when the stuff actually happens to you. Yeah, I, I completely I agree with that. And I think that there's something to be said for, you know, with our shows, we're always asking people to share their stories with this idea of like raising awareness and shedding stigma. Um, and in this last year, I, I realized that I wasn't practicing what I preach so that Kira was producing all of these episodes and all of these shows that were about, you know, showing that you can share your stories and there's nothing to be ashamed about. Um, and it wasn't until we were producing Last Day Season 2 and talking to people day after day who had experienced suicidal ideations and had experienced dark periods of depression that I realized that I had my own history that was really coming up again and again from hearing these stories. And I was so ashamed to talk about it with my, even just within my team. Um, and realizing that I was carrying the shame that I was simultaneously producing work to say, don't be ashamed, felt like something that we had to explore a little bit. And it was scary and uncomfortable, but it was a, a good experience as a producer to have to practice what I preach and to see what it felt like to put yourself out there. Um, but I, I get why it's uncomfortable to talk about these things. I mean, there's a reason why we grow up and we move past them and we feel like we've healed. And I think there's something about choosing to share your life story or some of these dark moments on a podcast that can be healing and can be important, but it's just also scary and uncomfortable. Speaking of that, have you, have any of you run into any um, surprising or challenging situations when, because you are asking other people to 
share their stories or you have people that come on, uh, like coming on Tani's show and have you run into cases where someone was planning to come on and then they've, uh, had second thoughts about it or they've kind of opened up to you about something new or different, anything? Not unless they just ghosted me for, and that was why they were doing it. <laughs> but I, I, I can't think of anything like that, actually, as far as like somebody who had second thoughts. The, the guests that I've had have been really awesome. And they, they've talked to me and I think I've had like some surprising kind of opinions. Like I was expecting particular comedians to kind of feel one way or say one thing. And they actually had a different opinion, but it was more you know, illuminating than anything. I haven't, I don't think I've had anybody really back out. We, we also, we've never had anybody back out necessarily, but we've, we've definitely had people who panic after an interview. So, you know, they come in and they, they talk about some of these hard moments. And then after the fact, it's like, Oh, should I have said this? Or, you know, did I sound okay? Um, so we have a few different ways that we handle that when it comes up, but we've, we've never had anybody who just decided not to, um, you know, or just fully change their mind later. I think it's a little bit more of a personal insecurity type of thing. Do you mind sharing some of the ways that you've handled that when people, um, kind of get anxious after they've shared? <laughs> yeah, we have a few different, I mean, one of them is just to reassure them. I mean, we've, it's not it's not our goal to ever make anybody feel uncomfortable. And so we're, we're usually going out of our ways to present people as the most authentic, most articulate version of themselves, no matter what. Um, and then, you know, sometimes we'll share the transcript of an interview with someone so that they can see exactly what they said. Often we'll wait until the episode's actually put together so that someone's not hearing all of their likes and ums and the little stumbles. And that way they can actually see what's made it into the episode um, and at that point, we'll usually send them samples of things or transcripts just so they can actually have a little bit of perspective on, on what they said. Um, but I will say that every time we produce an episode, our biggest anxiety is what the person featured in the episode is going to think. You know, it's like we, we hope it does well. We hope people click on it. But our, our greatest fear is that someone's going to come back to us and say that we misrepresented their story. So whenever we hear from somebody after the fact, it, it's like the best, the absolute best kind of review you can get is somebody to say that we did a good job with their, their personal story. I'm curious from, from all of you, is there any, are there any of those that stood out where, uh, you know, what, what feedback you got afterwards from someone after they shared? There was one for me, it was um, Reagan Pasternak, who was in Sharp Objects on HBO. And she wrote, so she's an actress, but she wrote a book about her, her cat, about grieving her cat. And it's like a workbook for other people who are grieving their pets. And that was actually one I was nervous about <laughs> because I'm a widow. And a lot of people who are on my show or who listen to my show are also widows. And widows are not too fond of that. You know, oh, my God, I totally understand what you're going through. My cat died. They're not real big fans of that. So I was like a little bit nervous that people were like, why do you have this on your show? But 
it went over really well. And I have a dog that I'm just absolutely obsessed with. And for me, it was like, yeah, I get how it could be devastating to lose a pet. And then also, you know, of course, it's devastating to lose my husband. And I was really happy at the reaction I got from that show. But then Reagan herself was, we, we talked about her going through traumas. She shared about um, when her mom had to um, be taken or taken to, you know, long-term care because she had some, um, so it's mental health challenges. And she was talking about how it was something she had not usually brought up and it was really nice and it was really freeing and being able to talk about it with humor. That's, that's been the things that really stand out to me is people who have been on the show who have been really happy and like really grateful and have had those like epiphanies of, wow, I, I didn't know I could talk about this. I didn't know this was something that was so common. That's been really cool for, for me and is something that I, I've really taken to heart, especially when you have those people that are like, this is so inappropriate. I'm like, okay, you know, it, it is something that is, is tough to talk about. It's controversial, but there are a lot of people out here who are finding this helpful. And that's something I try to think about during those tough days. Yeah, we, we had a couple recently in season two, we, our second episode of the season, or no, our third episode of the season, we talked about Dr. Jeremy Richman, who was a father of a Sandy Hook victim who died by suicide a couple years ago. And that episode was just so grueling to, to make in the first place because it was so sad, but we were really conscious the whole time that we didn't want it to feel um, sensationalized and there was just so many um, sensitive aspects of that story that it, it, I think I can only speak for myself was the most anxiety inducing episode of the season to produce. Cause we just didn't want to get it wrong. Um, and afterwards it, it took a little while for the two men that were featured in the episode to get back to us. So we were all completely convinced that we had just like failed them, failed the story. Um, and when, when we heard back from them and they were just, you know, overwhelmed that it felt like it had been done well and that they felt, I think they felt relieved. I think they left the interviews sort of like I was talking about before, worried that they had overstepped um, because they were worried about his memory too. And to know that everybody felt relieved and happy and felt as though we had actually shared the story in a way that honored his memory felt really good. It was a huge relief. And in season one, we did an episode with DeRay McKesson where we talked to him and his sister about their experience being raised by a father who dealt with substance use issues and with a mother who was absent because of substance, substance use. And we were able to interview their dad, Calvin, separately. And that was a really fun episode to put together because Calvin told us things that he had never told his kids before. And so we tried to edit the episode together in a way that these two interviews were talking to each other in a way that they hadn't necessarily done in person and hearing back from everybody after the episode to hear all, just to hear their reactions to the surprising details that came out was really a, a joy. And we've been able to follow up with them for interviews for other shows. And it's just been great to see that it took this show and sort of two separate interviews to get to the bottom of some of these really great family stories that they had been holding on to all these years. Thank you. And I'm sure that similarly, I'm sure that, you know, a lot of people uh, send, you know, reviews, messages, comments, um, social media about the shows because of things that they can relate to or they feel glad to hear someone talking about or 
you know, there's just a lot of emotional things that are probably coming up. How do you all and, and or your teams uh, sort of manage that aspect of things? It's great. I mean, that's that's the best part of it is when we hear from listeners. So we have a few different ways that people get in touch with us. They can either send us a voicemail, they can email us, um, but often people just reach out to us on social media. So I know Stephanie gets messages all the time from people on Twitter and on Instagram, um, and they are overwhelming because people are usually very complimentary, but then they tell you their, their whole life story. And so we try to also support each other because it's like this great gift to hear from everybody, but it can also really be emotionally wearing when you're hearing these intense stories day after day. Um, so we share them with each other and it's, it's like a way that we feel excited in our work and stay motivated. And it reminds us why we're doing it in the first place. Um, and then we just genuinely take turns in terms of responding to people, depending on who feels like, yep, I can go through a, a long list of intense stories today and connect with people. And we have a great team um, at Lemonada who's also just manning our email um, inbox and helping us with that process. So, but I can definitely say from firsthand experience, I, I went into my experience of sharing a story so worried and embarrassed about it. And it was really when I started getting messages from people on Instagram that I felt like, oh, right, that's, that's why I did this. It was hopefully to connect with people and to feel like it had some meaning and impact. Yeah, definitely. I, I agree with that. Getting the messages and the feedback from other people who are relating with it is, it really does give your work purpose. Um, it, it's mostly just me. I'm starting to get more of a team together, but as far as like managing that goes, it's, it's all on me. And I, I don't know if it's, <laughs> if I'm just like up there on the, on the trauma spectrum or what, but like, it takes a lot for me to <laughs> like get phased by anything anybody shares at me at this point, just after finding my husband's body. So people will share stuff with me and I'm like, oh yeah, for sure. That's rough. Like, let me get you in this group with the rest of us. So I, I also have um, a widow group for those in their twenties and thirties. And as far as I know, we're the only group out there except one. There's one other support group online for widows in their twenties and thirties, but um, there's also people who reach out who have lost their kids, you know, they've lost their their parents, their siblings, and those people have been able to come together and create a community on um, like my, my TikTok and Instagram, and I, I stream on this app called Pococha. I do a game night with a bunch of people who are traumatized, and we do like really dark games and dark jokes. So it's it's been the managing part of it, like having that community has been one of the best parts, if not the best part of, of what I do. Thank you. That's great. Yeah. The community and obviously the power of stories shows in everything you guys are doing. And so turning a little bit back to the personal side, not that it hasn't all been personal, but uh, I was wondering if anyone wanted to share something about what they've learned from this kind of journey that they've been on uh, and any sort of catalyst you've experienced um, for healing uh, that, that have worked for you or that you've seen, you know, work for guests and other people that you Um, 
You know, I'm always going to go back to the support of our team. So, you know, Keegan, Keegan and I work really closely together. We also have two associate producers who helped on this last season, um, Julia and Claire. Then we have our amazing host, Stephanie. So when we were producing my episode, I continuously was going through this, this crisis of like, what am I doing? (laughs) Do I want to share these things? Is this going to be embarrassing? Am I being, am I sharing too much? Um, and being able to trust our team that we were moving in the right direction was really important. And I have to say, Stephanie, as a leader, she gives me as a producer, a lot of space that I frequently have these moments of crisis, even when I'm not telling my own story where I'm worried, you know, we're too in the weeds or it's taking too long to get there. I'm taking too much time with the tape to come with up with the perfect story arc. Um, and just knowing that she has faith that we will get to the other side is usually the confidence booster I need. Um, And so I have to say for our team, we've done all of these incredibly intense episodes that just, they take, they they can be emotionally grueling to produce, but having a lot of support within the team and being able to lean on each other, I do have to say makes, makes the whole thing feel worthwhile and always makes it feel like it's possible to get to the other side of it. Yeah, I think to piggyback, you know, on kind of what you were saying where, you know, there, these, when you're working on shows about this stuff, you know, there's a way that like, or they say art imitates life or anything, these things like you kind of start seeing these things come up and, you know, they, even over the course of different seasons, things have come up for me personally, um, you know, in my family or in my friend group and stuff like that, where I'm like, oh, the, like, I am much more informed about this topic because I'm working on it and trying to tell these stories. Um, and as Jackie said, also leaning on the people that I'm making them with um, in that way. So, you know, there's there's just one of those things where as many as those, those days where it's like really hard to kind of figure out what you're doing and you're like, all right, well, another day making the suicide podcast, like, here we go. It's gonna be a little discouraging, especially when it was deep, dark days of COVID too. Um, but at the end of the day, it was, you know, things like getting listener, you know, emails and all the things that, that Jackie just spoke about um, that kind of helped make it, you know, make it through those times and just like everything else we were doing to, to take care of ourselves and just know that like, you know, um, when we log off, we don't have to think about this and, you know, that this is kind of, you know, we, we can still have plenty of laughs while we're making it and, you know, just kind of trying to take care of ourselves as best as we can. <laughs> I don't know if I have a good answer for this or not. I, I've learned both to become a lot more independent um, and a lot more detached. Like I use DBT, which is dialectical behavior therapy for my uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. And I have like really been able to, I think, understand everything that goes along with that now, like having that whole, they teach like, you know, detachment and it's very much based on like Buddhism. And I think that being able to use that to be able to detach from everything, kind of step outside of it and under just like stay in the moment and enjoy what you have now. Uh, it's, it's been helpful as far as like having the show goes. And then also, 
you know, being able to apply that to, to myself because you know, after losing my husband, who was my only family, that was the only person I had, everything was very scary. Rejection was very scary. The thought of like losing anything after losing really essentially everything was terrifying. And I, I think the show has helped with that a lot as well as in a, in a weird other side of it um, has shown me that like you're while, you know, there's always that possibility of losing people or like losing those connections. There's also always going to be that opportunity to connect with people who do get it, who do understand. And it's, it's been kind of like a metaphor for both of those things have been a metaphor for each other. If that makes Yeah, thank you. And I don't know if there's more to add on this side, sort of maybe a slightly different tw twist, because um, we talked a lot about, I think, kind of the journey and some of the things that you've all learned personally. And I was wondering about specifically things that you've learned from sharing your stories um, and producing the podcast particularly, and kind of what things you've seen uh, that really help connect and sort of bring people together if there's anything else you want to share. I, I definitely, my experience of, of telling my own story was much more emotional than I expected it to be. Like the second I had to look at my own behavior under a microscope, I, I had brief moments of just spiraling out where we had gone into this episode being like, you know, we should really tell the story of, you know, someone who was depressed as a teenager and has gotten to the other side of it and is doing pretty well now. And then by the time we were halfway through the episode, it was like, that's not the story anymore. It turns out I've made no progress at all. And I'm actually terrible. Like I, it ended up being this completely <laughs> regressive period, especially trying to do that in the midst of the pandemic where we're all feeling isolated and we've been taking in all of this sad content. Um, but my experience of then getting to the other side of it was so cathartic. So I have to say of being able to put all of this time into telling the story that I thought I had in my head as like this very tidy narrative and then having to kind of pull it apart and try to find a more honest, authentic version of it um, at the end was incredibly satisfying and healing. So that I think things that I thought that I was over, I was sort of holding on to in a way that I didn't quite realize. And through the course of you know, producing this episode, we did everything from, I reconnected with my high school therapist who I haven't talked to since I was, you know, probably 17, 18 years old. Um, we revisited high school films that, you know, we, we made during that time. It, it was a lot of going back and looking at things in a different way um, and questioning certain assumptions. And even though there were all of these pain points in between, I really felt like I had let something go by the end of it that I had been holding on to in a way that really wasn't doing me any good. Um, I was just going to kind of piggyback on that and just say that, you know, when it comes to learning things, a lot of what's been really nice about the episodes and the way we put them together is that usually we're, you know, learning things right alongside with the audience. Um, and, you know, that was certainly the case with both seasons um, where, you know, the more we learned about um, people's approaches to, 
substance use disorder and stuff like that. And just, it just kind of each week we would almost have a new revelation. Um, and basically in real time, Stephanie would go and record it. Um, and then we would say, wow, that's crazy. Can't believe we learned that. And then the next, the following week, as we were producing an episode, almost have the same thing of like, oh, well, we built on learning that and could now we get, now we understand this whole side of it. You know, now we understand the, the MAT side of it, or, you know, now we understand the childhood trauma side of it or, or whatever it was. So I think that's always been um, like a, a facet of it is that like, if we can get excited about learning what we're learning and, and take that back into our own lives, then that's really what we're trying to pass on to people. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It just, it just usually works out the best when we get excited about the revelations we're having. I was also wondering if you all could each share maybe some of your inspirations when it comes to storytelling, whether it be other podcasts that are completely different or in a similar vein or other forms of media and things like that that have, you know, informed whether it be Keegan with the sound design and all of this or, um, you know, just storytelling more broadly. Do you guys have any recommendations or inspirations that Oh, for, oh, go ahead, Jackie. No, 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 Tani. I was giving you, you go. <laughs> um, for, for me, it's, it's going to be stand-up comedians pretty much. And um, there, there's been a lot of film and a lot of television shows. It's really informed me. I, I don't know that I ever felt more seen than when I watched Fleabag, which was that uh, British show about a woman who is mourning the loss of her friend. And she's... Oops. Sorry about that. Lost my headphone. Um, she's doing that by being an absolute mess. She's making dark jokes. She's using sex. She's being just a hot mess. And I remember watching that and going like, oh, that's me. I'm a flea bag. <laughs> that's what it is. Just like all the other comedians. Th that's been one that's really inspired me as well as Pete Davidson. I remember listening to Pete Davidson stand up and learning about Pete Davidson as well and how he incorporates his loss into his routine. He lost his dad during 9-11. He was a firefighter, and he makes terribly dark jokes about it. Uh, Patton Oswalt talks about losing his wife in his stand-up. And that was all stuff that, even before I was widowed, having a terminally ill husband, it, it really stuck with me. And I remember thinking, you know, it's, it's okay to do this because I've always been somebody who's really leaned on dark humor. I've, I've had multiple traumas in my life, just kind of like back to back to back to back. And at the end of the day, you know, it's like you can either laugh at the absurdity of this or it can break you. And it felt like getting permission, seeing all of these other people doing this, you know, making even similar jokes to things that I was thinking about. So that that's stand-up comedians and a lot of those really dark British humor <laughs> has, has informed my work. It's utterly cliche, but for me, I, I completely grew up listening to This American Life and 
not only loved the show, but specifically loved certain storytellers, you know, the producers who would come up again and again, you know, it was definitely Jonathan Goldstein, Starley Kine, and David Rakoff. And David Rakoff especially was just uh, the sensibility of to be so funny and immediately heartbreaking all in the same moment. Um, I just remember listening to every single episode um, that he was featured on and just thinking about that, that sensibility and storytelling style. Um, you know, Jonathan Goldstein, certain stories that he's told where he's getting in there and just his approach to reporting and, and getting people to talk about their lives. Um, you know, again, I just remember being in high school and being on the This American Life app where you can search by contributor and just searching those three names and listening to everything I could um, and just taking that in and not only wanting to tell stories like that, but just even having an idea of what it would be like to be on a reporting team or a production team where everybody is collaborating on stories was always something that I aspired to. Yeah, Jackie, I don't know if I ever even knew that about you, that you were like a, a, such a This American Life nerd even back to high school. Yeah, nerd, nerd for a long time. Wow, crazy. Um, I think the story that I can tell is the first time that I met Stephanie in person because our team is all over the uh, country. Um, even before the pandemic, we we're all remote. Um, but so the first time I met her in person, I think we'd been working on last day for like, I don't know, maybe three, four months at that point. Um, and we started talking about the show Euphoria, which I think it pretty much just came out, maybe come out a few months before that. Um, and just how intricate and on the nose and empathetic uh, the storytelling around substance use is on that show um, and just how beautifully it's made. And I don't know, I just love that show. And, and, and to see and to have Stephanie, you know, who, you know, was so deeply connected to the topic as well, be like, oh, I also love this show. It's amazing and it does such a good job with it. I was like, yes, like, it's great. I can, we can see eye to eye, you know, so I don't, I don't necessarily think that that's, um, you know, some of the stylistic choices are always present in that, but just in the way that, because, you know, it's fiction as opposed to, to what we're doing or whatever, but just having that that approach of being able to tell stories around addiction that are, you know, complicated and see it as a disease and um, really humanize the people who are who are dealing with it is definitely really powerful anytime that's in the media. So I was wondering um, for each of you, what's been your favorite episode to create, or maybe your most memorable, those might be two different things. So feel free to share two and, and it could you describe it a little bit for us and uh, a little bit, maybe even about the process with that. For, for me, it was the one year anniversary episode. I'd been producing the show for a year and I did a best of episode. And that was really fun because I had gotten to talk to so many of my my favorite comedians, the comedians that hadn't been not not Pete Pete Davidson or anything, but people like J.C. Coakley and Glenn Tickle, who had created these specials, like these stand-up specials about grief that were really funny. And it was cool to be able to go through and to pick out all of these really funny bits from all these people and create like this kind of Megatron episode of all these hilarious 
spots. And it was something that I felt really proud of too, because my husband and I had produced our first podcast, the first podcast that I was doing, my husband and I produced together. And it, it was cool to kind of be like, oh, wow, I, I made it through, you know, a year. Like I, I survived this and there were good parts to it. There was all this comedy. I accomplished stuff and really being able to like kind of look at that year and review was really cool. And it was something that I was really proud of. Uh, for me, it's probably, I think it's episode nine of season one, where we, as I said at the beginning, you know, for last day, it all came out of these, these two horrible tragedies of our host and our executive producer losing their brothers. And so we had this real responsibility the whole time to try to do as good of a job as we could to break it down, but also be really sensitive to what we were doing. And I work very closely with Stephanie. She and I are talking every day, going through the tape, making every decision. And Jess, our executive producer, you know, she's a little bit on the periphery, certainly involved, but she's not in that day-to-day, you know, moment-to-moment decision-making. And so for episode nine, it was time to bring her back and to essentially check in with her and ask, you know, how, how has it felt to hear your brother and your family's story told over the course of these episodes? And, you know, how has it been for her to put that story in our hands and let us run with it as we had? Um, and I got to meet with Jess in New York. It was the first time that we'd ever met each other in person because our company's fully remote. And we met at the studio and Stephanie and I had been talking about what we wanted to get out of this interview and what our goal was for it. Um, and I had said to Steph, Steph, Steph had had her own, you know, emotional breakdown on an episode a little bit before. So I had this tape of Stephanie crying about the experience of making the show and having to tell these stories that were so difficult. Um, and I was like, you know, Steph, I think I'm just going to play that for Jess and see what she thinks. And that ended up being more or less the way that we started this interview between me and Jess to get the tape for the, for the episode. And immediately Jess just broke down because it's, it's emotional tape, but it really gets to the experience of telling these stories and, and what that means. And I just remember being a producer sitting across from, you know, essentially the woman who's my boss, but who's also somebody who I really respect for sharing the story. Um, and it just, it felt like a turning point in the project. It felt like a turning point in my own work. Um, and it just was something that was both bonding for the two of us and just gave me so much respect for Jess because it reminded me, it just reminded me the importance of the story and, and what we were doing with this project. Um, so even though we've done probably more intricate episodes and certainly, you know, episodes with big names and what have you, uh, that that's always going to be the one I think back to in terms of just being a big milestone for the project. Uh, I'm going to clarify quickly. It's actually episode 11 titled <laughs> Wake Me Up. Thank you. Um, but, I knew uh, I was going to get that wrong. Thank you, Keegan. It's all good. Um, I only know because I have the list of all the episodes in front of me. So um, what was I going to say? Oh, yes. Yeah, so uh, my favorite, probably, I don't know if favorite is the right word, but the one that always sticks out to me um, and I think sticks out for a lot of people is when we had uh, uh, Dr. Gabor Mate on in season one. Um, and it was one of those ones where just kind of behind the scenes, we were, you know, we were at that point, that was the 17th episode of episode one. We've been, you know, so steeped in this for, for months on end here. And 
you know, creating these really intricate narrative episodes and stuff like that. And it ended up being one where basically just on the strength alone of Stephanie having a conversation with um, Dr. Mate, who focuses on the way that childhood trauma um, kind of reverberates throughout our lives and stuff like that, and kind of redefined what that actually means um, and was able to break it down and look at, you know, the ways that it could have been the case uh, for Harris, for her brother, but really mostly just kind of um, like basically really kind of sat her down in, in the therapist chair and analyzed her and really got Stephanie to open up in a really intense way um, that just kind of flipped the script on, on the whole episode and the whole season uh, just at that point. And it is one that kind of we revisit over and over again, um, just as an example of, you know, the interview, just the interview alone being really great storytelling just throughout throughout the whole thing and Dr. Gabor Mate being a very brilliant, brilliant mind. So he's been, he's been definitely on several other episodes of other series throughout Lemonada as well too. So uh, definitely check those out as well and just check out his work. Very important stuff. I have a couple other questions, but I just wanted to say to the audience that's with us uh, that uh, if you have questions for the panelists, feel free to drop those in the chat, send a message there, and I can field those to the panelists. So uh, as we kind of wrap up with a couple last things and thoughts, um, feel free to send a message with any questions for panelists, and you can ask it to someone specific if you want, or just in general, and we can take the questions as they come. Um, so one thing I was thinking of um, before we maybe talk about what you're all working on now and into the future, um, the I, I wanted, I'm curious more about the process uh, that you have in terms of finding guests, determining topics, uh, and, and I know there's a lot of process behind uh, putting together the stories. Uh, and so I'm curious if you could share a little bit about the the process that goes on, because I know there's always so much more behind a podcast than just than that final product. So for, for me, a lot of times it ends up being people that are in those circles that I've met through my work. So doing stand-up, guesting on stuff, getting leads and contacts from the content that I create. I, I do a lot of my sketches on, on TikTok. That's kind of my main place. Um, and I've been really fortunate at this uh, time in my career too, to be able to um, like have an assistant who's able to, to look that up. But a lot of it is just looking into people who are those other weirdos that are <laughs> using comedy to cope with, you know, grief, loss, and trauma. And the, the interview part of that has, has been really nice because it's just kind of a conversation that surrounds that. And I, I usually go in, you know, prepared with the notes, but um, they, they've been finding me, which has been so cool to be able to have people actually, you know, reach out to me and say like, hey, I, I listened to your show. It really spoke to me. I wrote a book. I, I do stand up. I do something like that. And then as far as like creating the, um, episodes that I'm showcasing my content with my collaborator. We kind of joke about that. A lot of that is just us testing out our material <laughs> before we go do it on stage. And um, 
yeah, it's it's been it's been a really cool creative outlet, and the the prep work for that has has been a lot. So for for booking our show, season one was largely connections and and curiosities of Jess and Steph. You know, following their questions that they had naturally um, led us. You know, so specifically. Jess wanted to know, okay, you know, my brother died of a overdose. What does that really mean? What kind of a death is that? And so that led us to talk to first responders and emergency room physicians. Season two, you know, by that point we had had a listener base. So we announced what the topic was going to be for the season. We put out a form, we asked people to contact us and then we were just overwhelmed with responses for people who wanted to share their stories. We have a lot of um, healthcare providers who listen to our show. So we were really lucky to hear from nurses and doctors and, you know, helpers of all different sorts who just wanted to make sure that we were hearing different perspectives on it. So that made booking season two really easy. And then when we wanted to have specific stories, like we knew that we wanted to cover the you know incredibly rising rate of suicide for indigenous communities, then, then that's where we really rely on our associate producers and our AP, Julia, is just a master, so she did all of the research and came up with this great contact list of all the possible people that we could reach out to. And then she did all the work to make those contacts. And then we're really just following up with people to see what's the right connection. Um, so we were really lucky with that. So it, it depends. Sometimes we're just following our own questions and then other times we're seeing what people are, are sending to us. Uh, so as we kind of wrap up here, I wanted to uh, give you all the chance to share a little bit about uh, what you're working on currently, anything, any interesting projects, and kind of what you're looking forward to sharing uh, in the future. Uh, right now, I am getting together a little tour for my stand-up as things are starting to open back up, which I'm really excited about. And I've recently been sponsored on an app called Pococha. Um, and I'm doing live streams every night, Sunday through Thursday, that are interactive. So it's, it's a chat, and it's also game night with prizes. It's been really fun. It's really exciting. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm really thrilled to be able to share that with everybody and bring the, the comedy part <laughs> into the sad part of grief and trauma and loss. Uh, our team is, is getting started on season three of Last Day. So we're doing things totally differently this season because we've been stuck making shows in our house um, for the last year and we need to get out. So we're doing all of our recording on location this season. So I think, I think I'm not allowed to say what the topic is, but we're, we're going to be going to two different states. We're spending time in the South and then we're spending time in the Mountain West region. And that's, that's been really exciting for our team to be there. So we just went to Atlanta and we're getting ready to make some other recording trips soon. And then our team is also working on a few new shows. So we have a show that just came out recently called Written Off that's working with formerly incarcerated youth. We have a new show called Good Grief, which is, uh, going to be one of our first binge listens, which is going through different stories of people who have lost loved ones. Um, and we have a few other exciting things in the works. So anyway, Le Lemonada team has been pretty busy recently. I'll add to that real quickly. 
because I, I'm personally working on it right now too, and Jackie's as well, that we are in the second season of In Recovery, which was a spinoff show from last day that's hosted by Dr. Nzinga Harrison. And it was just a, you know, she's just such a fabulous mind uh, when it comes to these type of topics. Um, and, uh, you know, there's just a lot of really great conversations that are happening in the second season. First season was like a lot of call-ins and, and listeners asking their questions. And, and here we're having a, uh, mostly about addiction and on the second season there's a lot more conversations more broadly about um, mental health and uh, I've been really enjoying working on this season so far so definitely a plug for in recovery as well great thank you and uh, so Lemonada we can find all those podcasts I guess under Lemonada um, media is there anywhere else particularly for that you guys want to mention before we uh wrap up here for people that want to learn more, connect with any of the work you're doing? So we have, you know, we're active on social media, so you can follow at Lemonada Media on Instagram and on Twitter, and you can find us if you want to talk to, you know, me or Keegan or Stephanie and ask us questions about podcasting. We like connecting with people. Um, And then let's see, we have our website. Keegan, what else am I forgetting about where people can get a hold of us. I think that sounds right to me. It, and if you have ideas about, you subscribe know, to Lemonada's uh, subscription service for <laughs> 99 a month, exclusive content. We're trying to hit all of our points. Uh, so yeah. And if you ever have um, things that you want to share with us directly, all of our shows have individual email addresses, but probably the easiest one here, since we've talked about a few different things is just, Hey, at lemonadamedia.com and that way we can connect through email. Thanks. Great. That's great. All right, sorry, this is Norma Jean from the Podbean team. I'm gonna jump back in right now because we only have a couple of minutes before our next session and we do have a giveaway. Um, so we have a prize pack from Tawny, um, a death is hilarious prize pack with stickers, pins and a travel mug. So just to make it quick, um, the first person in the comments who Pops in with the name of Tawny's podcast. Um, jump in here, and the first person will be winning this prize pack, which I think includes stickers, pins, and a travel mug, which I'm super jealous of. I always love a travel mug. So for everybody joining us here today, um, you're just going to want to pop the name of Tawny's podcast in the chat to be able to win the prize pack. Yep, sometimes it's a little bit slow. So for everybody just joining us, we'll give we'll give a hint. Um, Tony, do you want to give uh, – I know, right? Jackie, I want one too. Travel mugs. Um, I just feel like you could never get enough. The last uh, – Tony, give a hint. What's the last word of the name of your show? Everybody's like, I don't want that shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> the last word of the show is hilarious. Hilarious, Rod. We have it right here. He popped in even before you you jumped in there. So Rod <laughs> came in with "Death is hilarious." Rod, uh, Ronnie here from our team is going to pop her email in, so you'll be able to, um, so you'll be able to connect with Tawny about that prize pack. I'm going to read a brief outro, and then we'll jump in to our next panel. Thank you all so much for joining us for this live stream panel. The stories we wished we didn't have to tell with Jackie Danziger and Keegan Zima from Lemonada's Last Day. 
and Tawny Plattis from Death is Hilarious. If you join late or want to have another listen to these amazing podcasters or any of today's sessions, you can replay the program on the Storytelling Podcast Week channel. Storytelling Podcast Week is brought to you by Podbean. We're a podcast hosting and monetizing platform and home to over 500,000 podcasts. And as you're joining us for the session, you can see we also offer the ability to live stream directly from the app to your audience with Podbean Live, where podcasts come to life. For everyone listening, you can also start your own live stream for free on Podbean. And to get your first 30 days of hosting for free, use the, st the code STORY. Thank you again to all of our panelists and storytellers, Jackie Danziger and Keegan Zima from Lemonada Media's Last Day, and Tawny Plattis from Death is Hilarious. Thank you all for joining us for the session, the stories we wish we didn't have to tell. Stay tuned for our next session starting right now, Life on the Road, Stories of Travel, with Jason Epperson of See America, Danielle Desir of The Thought Card, and Kelly Chappie of There She Goes. And be sure to check back every day for more phenomenal programming as we have panels, live episodes, and interviews and more. We look forward to you joining us. Thank you again to all of our panelists from this past session. And we're going to jump in to our next live stream, Life on the Road Travel Stories. So